0: Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato with my colleague, Mary Gamba. We've got a, uh, listen, it's action-packed. God, that is the worst cliche. We've got an action-packed show. We have a great show. We have a compelling show, all about leadership with great leaders. On the back end, we'll be joined by the county executive in Essex County, Joe DiVincenzo, talking about logistics and leadership. Can you say vaccine distribution? The county executive will be talking about that. Uh, on the upfront end, we got uh, two great friends we're about to introduce you to. But Mary, do do everyone a favor and let them know who our sponsors are, because thanking our sponsors is a big part of Lessons in Leadership.
1: <laughs> it's a great big part of Lessons in Leadership. So I'd love to thank, we have the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, Seton Hall University, and the Seton Hall University Bacino Leadership Institute, and New Jersey Sharing Network.
0: Yeah, let's talk uh, leadership. I'm going to introduce our two friends. and us talk about an innovative, creative way of dealing with youth leadership. Here it is right here. First, I'm going to introduce our good friend Joe Gingoli, CEO of Gingoli Construction and DCO Energy, and also partner in a little place called The Hard Rock, Atlantic City, and also his colleague, who has been he's been telling us about for a while now, great partnership with Reverend Collins A. Days he is the pastor of Second Baptist Church. They lead up lead an initiative called Leaders in Training. We'll be talking more and more about that. Gentlemen, thank you so much for jo- joining us. Pastor Days, Joe, thank you for joining us. Thank you.
2: It's a pleasure okay. to be here, Steve.
0: Joe, you and I have been talking for several years now. Um, you joined us um, a while back on the PBS side talking about this youth leadership program. What is... This initiative, leaders in training, and why is it so important, particularly in urban communities?
2: Social responsibility is a currency. That's the mantra that that we use in in our organizations. And when uh, you know, one of my good friend and partner, Jack Morris, uh, got us involved in the uh, in the Hard Rock and uh, brought in the Seminole Tribe of Florida and Jim Allen, and we converted the old Taj Mahal into. Uh, you know the Hard Rock Casino Hotel, what it is today, uh, we all said, uh, we're, we're all Jersey boys, Jim, Jack, myself, my brother. We said, we have to make a difference in this community. And having lived there, we, we knew the community well. So we chose a faith-based community partner and Turning Point was a day shelter in our neighborhood run by Pastor Days and his congregation. And so we partnered with them, make sure that they uh, were able to stay open and serve the uh, needy in our community and we started to look at what could we do in atlantic city to help it out so we you know we started with converting a uh, drug court to recovery court hiring uh those folks in our in our casino hotel it's very successful open 25 percent atlantic city residents so past their days and ourselves you know we're kind of rolling along and we you know we're doing really good and we're, we're making a difference and Three summers ago, six young people were murdered by six other young people in a, in a week period, one week, seven days. Like we had to do something. Um, but I remember when we, you know, we first started trying to figure out what to do. Someone asked me there, how do you know that's going to work? I go, I don't, we're to do something. So I, I got a hold of Pastor Day's and we talked along with Jim Johnson, you know, and he was representing uh you know Governor Murphy's administration and Sheila Oliver down there at the time. And the yeah. three of us got on the phone on a on a Sunday and said, what do we do? So he said, let's hire him. So Jack, I called Jack Morris, my brother, up, and we sent Pastor Days a check and we hired 10 kids. Pastor Days called me up and said, uh, can we make it 20? <laughs> <laughs> They, the murder stopped, violence stopped. None of the kids we hired reoffended. And so at the end of the year, I, I looked at Pastor Days and a uh, gentleman, Rob Lee, who runs Competitive Edge for us. And I said, next summer, let's do 200. And we weren't sure how we were going to do it. But uh, with the help of the CRDA, and, you know, government that's
0: the uh, Casino Redevelopment Authority.
2: Yes, the Casino Redevelopment Authority and, and you know, Governor Murphy's administration supporting right. what we are doing. Uh, we wrote out a check to, uh, to Turning Point and said, let's go hire 200 kids. And uh, with that, I'd like to hear what Pastor Day's side
0: of that is. Pastor Days, uh first of all, thank you for joining us. And Joe has done a great job helping us understand your role. But what does this all have to do with youth leadership, and helping these young men and women be all they can be. Please share, Pastor. I
3: think it has everything to do with youth leadership. Uh, you know, Joe made it sound so easy. Uh, I was getting off a plane from a three-country mi- mission tour, and Joey called me. And, and there's a certain way that he says my name that I know we're getting ready to do something out of the box, exciting. <laughs> there's done for him. And he says, "You know, had I heard about the shootings?" And I said, "No." And I'm still suffering from jet lag. And he says, let's get, a, let's get a program for these kids. And this is on a Wednesday. And he says, let's do it on Friday. Let's get it going by Friday. And uh, I sarcastically said, no, let's see if we can do it by Monday or Tuesday. And uh, we targeted, uh, you know, I found that uh, many of the children in Lang City are living on the margins. And uh, they just need an opportunity. And the wonderful thing about Joey and his partners and uh, Hard Rock and DCO is they've got a tremendous commitment to the community and giving them opportunities. And so we hired them, but Joey said, no, we just can't hire them. We've got to pay them, you know, $15 an hour. And uh, we, uh, which was unbelievable. We targeted those kids that we felt may have been involved or, or were victims of the shootings. Uh, and amazingly, uh, it had a tremendous impact, not only on the children, but on the families. And uh, we targeted to teach them leadership, uh, anger management.
0: We Communication some... skills, communic- the ability to communicate.
3: Right. And, and we've hired kids from across different territories. So it was very exciting and, and quite of a challenge uh, to get those kids together, get them to working together and uh, doing something positive to have a
0: positive impact on the community. Hey, Joe, let me ask you this. You and and Jack Morris have been very successful from a business point of view. Mary and I were just, lessons in leadership is different from our public television programming. We, Mary and I, it's much looser, if you will, more informal, Mary and I are having a conversation that leadership, people often define leadership. I was saying this, Mary, as, oh, you make a lot of money. You must be a good leader. That means you're good at making money. It doesn't necessarily make you a leader. Why, if you're making good money and the bottom line looks good, why does a great leader in business Feel the responsibility to make a difference in the lives of others. Can't you just make money? Devil's advocate.
2: Um, so this this is this is not charity. This is a social responsibility, and it's really good business. We have a major investment in Atlantic City, and we have a commitment to the city. And you know, what if these young people are right? that all they need is opportunity and everything will change. I tend to believe them. So why not try it out? What we found was these 20 young people showed up for work every day. They did a good job in the city. And, um, at the end of the summer, we all looked at each other and said, let's do 200 next summer. So this past summer, pastor days, had 280 young people from Atlantic city making $15 an hour. Uh, Jack and my brother, Michael, we gave them a grant uh, to get it started. And then we gave them a loan uh, to keep it going. And then CRDA, uh, casino redevelopment authority and, and the administration stepped in and supported you know us in this. And uh, we kept them working all summer. When um, you know a horrible tragedy uh, uh, with uh, Mr. Floyd, you know his murder happened. Um, n- none of our kids uh, participated in any violence. They were all very upset, obviously. And, of course, and we gave them a voice. And at the end of the summer, with Mayor Smalls, um,
0: our- Marty Smalls, the uh, mayor of Atlantic City, right? Yeah, Mayor Smalls. So we we bought a hundred
2: gallons of yellow highway paint. He he gave uh, the group. Um, Martin Luther King Boulevard and along with the arts council and the police and the the administration and, and everybody else, we painted black lives matters. And, um, and, you know, after that, you know, we went to the casino association and, and talked to them and said, Hey, you know, these young people, you know, really, they, they're, they did a great job this summer, Um, pastor days and, and the congregation just, you know, Wonderful job managing them. Uh, would could we consider, as an association, this coming summer, hire Atlantic City first before the J-1 visas? So maybe this summer we can make it 2,000. The J-1
0: visas are the the people, the kids who come over from uh, Russia or other places, and they have the visa for a short period of time. So hire Atlantic City kids before these other folks, right, Joe?
2: Yes, we, we target Atlantic City residents first. And, you know, Bob McDevitt at Local 54 yeah. uh, supports us 100 percent. And, you know, we got some training programs going. And, you know, it, 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 um, where we still need some well, the industry still require, you know, more people than we're able to get done this first summer, probably. But we've opened the door and now we're going to push every kid in Atlantic City that wants a job should be able to have one. Starting last week, a uh, 100 of our young people uh, work on Saturdays.
0: So, uh, Mary, follow up with Pastor Days because we run a stand and deliver youth leadership program um, up and around Newark that Mary's been the leader of with our team for a while, teaching communication skills, leadership skills. Mary, follow up with Pastor Days because I know that this is near and dear to your heart.
1: It sure is. So, uh, and again, thank you both so much for joining us today and talking about such a worthwhile cause. And one thing that I've seen is the ripple effect of having these young adults, these young leaders, given the opportunity to not only lead, but communicate, self-advocate. Pastor Days, what have you found to be the biggest um, result, obviously, you know, beyond just them and their families, but what ripple effect in the community, um, getting other organizations on board, what have you seen in that regard?
3: Oh, you know, it's had a tremendous effect in the community, uh, as you said, not just for them personally and their families, but it has given a sense of community. We've had a lot of uh, tremendous support from the community while they were out working. The community came together, saw the positive effect that the kids were having on the community and supported it. And, uh, and I think for the first time in, in quite a while that the community came together as a, as a, a general group to support programs and supported our youth.
2: A quick follow-up. Go ahead, Joe. You know, you were asking how does this, how does this help, you know, with leadership and how do these yeah. young men and women become leaders? One of the things we found this summer was they were feeding their families with their money. I, how empowering is that to a young person, that they were able to work hard, show up every day, pass their days, gave them financial training, and they got bank accounts, and they put their checks in them, But as we started talking to the young people, they were talking about feeding their families with their summer job paycheck.
0: I want to follow up on that. One of the chapters in my book, Lessons in Leadership, um, simple title, you cannot lead others until you learn to lead yourself. And it sounds like what this initiative is about is not just teaching leadership skills, Pastor and Joe. But teaching life skills And that's not just about leadership; it's about life. Go ahead, Pastor, please.
3: Oh yeah, you know what's important? Many of the kids had never been inside a bank before, uh, and so we wrote them checks they couldn't cash. it, Even though the check was, and so that was a big part of it in terms of the life skills. Uh, you know, many of these have been generationally, you know, in poverty, and so to make fifty, they were making more money than their parents made, and uh, and so with that came the responsibility. Uh, as Joe said, taking care of your family, uh, taking care of uh, your own finances, and learning how to spend it well. So that was a, tri- a tremendous part of it. Joe, I'm to you
0: know, ask you before. Go ahead, Joe. Before I let you go, Joe, I want to make sure you share the greatest satisfaction and the gratification you get out of this. But go ahead, Joe. Got a minute left.
2: Got a minute left? Uh, yeah, go. The amazing part of this is out of these young people, 18 of them are now working on an Atlantic Electric construction job with, with construction <laughs> unions. And uh, this on Saturdays, uh, a gentleman from Green Life Energy that's part of the PSE&G weatherization program is coming. And P.S. is helping us train some of these young people to go into those jobs. So uh, hopefully these young people will one day be on a program like this talking about how they're running companies like ours.
0: What's your greatest personal satisfaction out of all this, Joe Jengoli?
2: To see the young people with smiles on their faces and they're feeding their families with a concept that Pastor Days and I came up with is just something to try to stop young people from losing their lives senselessly.
0: Pastor, final word.
3: My final word is it's just amazing to have someone like Joey uh, to come along and have a community sense of consciousness and to put money where his mouth is as well as put it, leading the example for so many other people in industry to come and work within the community that they
0: make money out of. Uh, Pastor Days, our friend Joe Gingoli, I know you just made a big difference. I just know you did, inspired some others to ask what they can do, even in these very difficult times, what they can do for somebody else. Thank you so much for joining us on Lessons in Leadership. Gentlemen, all the best. Thank, Thank you. you so- We'll be right back right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Autobado, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Autoboto, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.
3: I could feel my lungs fill with oxygen and I got my life back. The Sharing Network means to me hope,
1: life, and everything. The Sharing Network was a lifeline to me when I really needed it.
3: We are an organ procurement organization. The core purpose of the New Jersey Sharing Network is to save
4: and enhance lives. To honor those who gave.
2: Pay tribute to those who received.
4: Offer hope to those who continue to wait.
2: And remember the lives lost while waiting.
4: For the gift of life.
0: Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato. Hey, Mary, um, in football, mm-hmm. I use the term an audible, you call an audible, the defense is looking different, the weather yep. conditions are different, right? We were supposed to have our, the county executive in Essence County, Joe DiVincenzo, on this particular show talking about logistics and leadership and vaccine distribution. But we went longer on the first segment, which was so powerful was that so we were going go to go with a different interview, right? And have the county yep. executive on another show. But By by the way, you're the one who called that audible.
1: I know. Look at me being a producer. Like I used to always say, Steve, I'm not a producer. I don't get this. But I was doing the math in my head and I said, wait a second, let's just be flexible. Let's pivot. And I'm very proud of myself on that one. So I'm going to pat myself on my back a little bit.
0: (laughs) And you know, Mary, I'm so glad you said that because for years, Mary has said that I'm not not a producer. We have our separate not-for-profit production company, the Caucus Educational Corporation. And by the way, go on our website, that website, steveotabato.org. It'll be up on the screen. See all of our past interviews. Um, and also check out this website, stand deliver.com, which Sylvester will put up there. But you know, it's so funny. You always said, I'm not a big fan of titles, I'm not a producer. And I'm thinking, what does she think a producer is? <laughs>
1: so I, to I figured me, it out, yes.
0: Mary, a producer is a leader who gets stuff done, who anticipates things that are going to happen, goes, when they go wrong, he or she adapts quickly, they're agile, they plan, they execute. Uh, what do you think? I think you a producer, television producer. <laughs> it has I didn't go to college a-
1: for that. I went to college for <clears throat> psychology. But the psychology degree is paid off in, you know, spades working How with so? you, I have to say. Working with you and balancing out. Oh, wait. Um...
0: Oh, wait. Time out. <laughs> Time out. Elvin, Frank, Scarlin, and Sylvester on the back end. M- listen to this quote. I studied uh, psychology in college, and it's really helped me working with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do, what are one. you saying?
1: I, I, think I know, but I don't get be... it. We're we're writing a new book together and it's all about leadership communication and dealing with things in challenging times. And I think that could be one of our chapters where I just simply talk about how my degree in psychology, thanks mom and dad for paying for my (laughs) college degree, Uh, it's paid off. It just, uh, it teaches you empathy. It teaches you how to be patient. It helps you to get into the psyche of different people. So it definitely has helped us a little bit.
0: By the way, we're actually gonna be going to a wonderful clip about, philanthropy and leadership Mm -hmm. with our great friend, Angelica Berry, who's the president of the Russell Berry Foundation Board of Trustees, talking about philanthropy, talking about giving back. I've often mentioned Russ Berry, um, the late, great Russ Berry, who started this extraordinary 25th anniversary of the Berry Foundation, this extraordinary annual event that I've been honored to host called the Making a Difference Awards, where people who are leaders whether they call themselves that or not, they're heroes. They make a difference in the lives of others. And so Angelica's is gonna be talking about that. But before we do that, Mary, can we do this? Um, our other we have a lot of good friends. One of them is Greg Lolli. He's joined us and he's has he talked about that on Lessons in Leadership?
1: I don't know if he has, but even if he has, I think it's worth repeating.
0: Okay, so this <laughs> we didn't have a name for this until Greg Lolovy um, told us about it. So I said, Mary, I got this from so-and-so. It's not complete. It's confusing. He or she dumped this in my lap and <laughs> they told me here's a problem and said, here, Steve, here's a problem. No recommendations for doing anything. Oh, the opposite of leadership. And Mary, what did, I know we can't say it on News 12 Plus. I, yeah, platforms. I
1: could clean it up a little bit.
0: Go ahead. Great I would say it a, what?
1: a leaky bag of poop how's that? That's a good way to, you know, I think we could say poop on News 12 Plus. And uh, yeah, it's somebody gave you this bag and it's not quite a gift because it's just leaking all over the place. And it's putting it on you to say, hey, I expect that you're going to clean this up.
0: What's okay. So devil's advocate. I use that term too much. By the way, I used it with the pastor and I realized I just said devil's advocate. <laughs> with the pastor. That felt weird. but Sorry, no Pastor story. days. Yes. We're all human
1: so, though. I'm sure he'll forgive you, Steve.
0: Yes. So Someone says, well, wait a minute, I'm not the leader of the organization. You are. Steve, you're the CEO. You're the one that gets paid a lot more than everyone else. You know, I'm not apologizing for that, but I got to tell you something. I'm the ultimate leader responsible for everything, but I'm not the leader of your job. You're the leader of your job. So why are you giving me this leaky bag of you know what? Mary, you say? <laughs>
1: I say uh, there are oftentimes that we agree to disagree. You and I could not agree more. Uh, When somebody comes to you and says, here, this is a problem, you can't just do that. You can't drop that leaky bag of, you know what, you need to go with a potential solution. Now it may not be the right solution, but at least it's showing that you tried, that you cared enough to think about somewhat trying to fix the problem and you didn't go to your leader and say, hey, I expect you to fix everything.
0: And by the way, I apologize for saying, I quote, make a lot more than everyone else. I realized how crass that sounded (laughs) as I listened to myself. I apologize. Um, But I will say this, Mary, and it's not just because we're partners and colleagues and we're writing this book together and we do, uh, Elvin's leading on his end saying you got 30 seconds. Elvin, that's 30 seconds to throw to Angelica uh, Angelica Berry, right? Mm -hmm. So, but Mary, right, Elvin? Just confirming. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes. He said, yes. And then he said, yes. Very quick, Mary, you have evolved as a leader to the point where you made the decision to call an audible on this show. You weren't waiting for me. Mm -hmm. You did it. Final point on this. Assertive leadership versus, Yeah. yeah, I'll lead it once you tell me what to do. Big difference.
1: Huge difference. And it also comes down to confidence. I probably, not probably, I definitely would not have had the confidence when we first started this show to really think forward, put the pieces together, see what works and, and just Make the decision. You made the call. Oh yeah. Making a call, making that decision. If we would have kept the other pairing of this show, not that we need to tell everybody how the sausage is made. um, But yeah, if we would have kept the other pairing, we would have had less time coming out of the program. So it's making decisions on the fly, but I think confidence and leadership have a big part of that.
0: Yep. And by the way, don't ever confuse confidence with you get it right all the time. You're a leader, you make decisions, you'll get it wrong. And if you don't learn from them, it's just a mistake you made. If you learn, it's part of growth. Uh, More importantly, coming up right now, Angelica Berry, president of the Russell Berry Foundation. Important conversation about philanthropy and leadership. We're now joined by our good friend Angelica Berry, the president of the Russell Berry Foundation Board of Trustees. Angelica, we do a series called uh, Lessons in Leadership. You and I talk leadership all the time. Do you think leadership in the philanthropic community is different in any way, A? And B, define what it means to be a significant leader in the philanthropic community.
4: I think the most important ingredient is radical humility. We are used to leading with our checkbooks. And so there's a lot of ego involved and we need to listen to our grantees. And that kind of humility makes us better givers. So for me, that's the most important lesson. But the second one is part of empathy. Melinda Gates said, you need to let your heart break. As a philanthropist, you have to experience what it means for someone who's suffering. So I think that kind of radical empathy, radical humility, these are two qualities of good philanthropists and even better leaders. Yeah. One more
0: quick follow up. Um, In a lot of the leadership seminars I do, I talk about caring and the fact that if a CEO of he or she doesn't genuinely care about people, You could have all the greatest techniques. You could be a great communicator, a great motivator, be good on the budget, the bottom line, right? Bring in revenue. And and I have this expression, and I'm not sure you agree with it, that it's hard, if not impossible, to quote, teach people to care. Either they do or they don't. Can we teach people to actually care, or do they have to have that inside them as leaders?
4: I think it has to come from inside them. And it also comes from how you're brought up, Steve. You know, seeing your parents care about others and it's not enough to feel it. What's the action that follows, you know? Compassion leads to action. And this is something that compassion alone is, it's not a virtue if you can't act on something.
0: Yeah, just feeling it is one thing. Moving on it and making a difference is another. Um, Angelica, thank you so much.
4: Thank you, Steve. Be safe.
0: Wow, that was uh, Angelica Berry. Mary, um, the term that Angelica used a lot, you need to have radical empathy. You need to let your heart break as a philanthropist. Caring must come from the inside.
1: Yeah, I, I just took a deep breath. I think too often we don't allow ourselves to really feel, to empathize. And she talked a lot about compassion and the link between compassion and empathy. And too often we're so busy, we're, we're so worried and we're so intrinsically thinking about ourselves and our own problems. And she just reminds us that we need to think of others and to truly make a difference in the world, you do need to look outward facing.
0: Real quick on this, as we take this program going into the spring of 2021, with people so afraid for themselves, for their families, for their survival, for their health, for their economic well-being, can you understand people saying, yeah, I'll think about that later, but I can't do that now.
1: Yeah, but imagine if you know all of our uh, heroes and healthcare and the frontline workers—if they were not thinking outwardly, we'd be in a much more challenging situation than we are today. So we do need, you know, not to get all philosophical, but we do—we need to really start thinking of others, reaching out to others, seeing who's isolated. And it's just a constant reminder of that as we go through our daily lives, that it is more about just, you know, who we are as an individual. It's what we're giving back to others in the community.
0: Yeah. You know, Mary's Mary's points well taken. Again, with 30 seconds left, I won't get on the soapbox, but I got to tell you something. When you're running a company and you're obsessed about the bottom line and you're thinking, how am I going to make payroll? How are we going to bring in the money to do this? How are we going to do that? You think you feel very alone as a leader. And I'm not saying, what was me, trust me, I'm not. But I got to tell you something, as soon as you step back, just a little bit, mm-hmm. and go, whoa, one of our team members may have gotten laid off, and something else had happened with so-and-so, and well, who's got COVID on the team, which is real for us. It's like, wait a minute, just, ch- just check yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of other people. Um, Hey, listen, well, I'm gonna come back to Frank, uh, Frank Brown, our, our our great audio engineer, on another show because I know he texted he had a leadership lesson. We'll share it in another program. Mary, say goodbye. Goodbye. Wow, that was sustained. <laughs> See you next time. Thank you all. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Atabato, and my colleague Mary Gamba is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com. NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ and Commerce Magazine.